down uh, and to join you in opening God's word today. Uh, we're in Second Peter, so if you have a Bible or if you have your scriptures, would love for you to pull that out. And we're in this series called Counterintuitive Connection. Counterintuitive Connection, Spiritual Wisdom for Messy Relationships. Anybody got any messy relationships in their life? If you don't, you can just head out like awesome, like you got it all together, but I got messy relationships in my life and I need some spiritual wisdom. So I love this series that I was invited into to guest preach. And so it's this delicate balance between being you, being fully just me, uh, but being a little bit more than you. Maybe you have a part to play in the messy relationship part. So be you, but be more than yourself. Great. That's no problem. We're going to be just fine this morning because it's this place of delicately balancing that our knowledge of, of who we are, our belovedness comes from within. It's unearned. And the biblical call to grow in expressing unselfish love towards others, extending more and more grace. So yeah, be you and be more than you. And as I was thinking about this in our culture around us, um, pretty fun because our culture loves to play with this theme. It loves it. It's like, oh, you do you, you know, you just totally do, you know, how many do we hear? We hear that all the time. You do you, but uh, do it my way, you know? So think of uh, Nike's slogan, right? What's Nike's slogan? Just do it. But you should do it with all our products. You should just do it, but you should be decked out in Nike, right? Because that's the right way to be you. You know, okay, anyone know um, Apple's slogan? Apple's slogan. Everyone has Apple products. What's their slogan? You don't know? Oh, they did a poor job on their marketing. No, their, their uh, slogan is think different. So you think different. Isn't that kind of ironic? Be the one who thinks differently, but as long as you have Apple products, you know, you can think differently. <laughs> and so the mixed message is to be counted on, be yourself, but be more than you. Do you, but be more than you. And it kind of gets a little exhausting to do you, but by other people's standards. And if we're honest, we look at the church and what we know of the church and God, and we think, isn't it just the same? Be you, but there's this long list of moral requirements that we need to fill out along the way. So be you, but for your whole life, you have this checklist of things that you ought to do. So you need to love your neighbor and you need to care for the poor and you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to, you need to, you need to, pastor's going to say tithing and no, I, I mean, we're just like, there's this checklist, right? So how is the church any different? from all the things that we receive that says, yeah, you do you, but do it our way with these expectations because you're not quite good enough. And at first glance, that's what our scripture here this morning might feel like. Just another checklist of things to make sure that we're being a good Christian or Jesus follower. 
but let's go dive deep this morning, okay? Grab your scripture. Second Peter, are you there? Give me time to get there. Go to the very end of your, of your Bible and then flip a few pages backwards. That's how I always do it. Or you guys all have iPhones. You're just like there. All right, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God, as we hear your word, let it penetrate to our hearts, beyond our minds, through our bodies, by the power of your spirit. And would you do in us the work that you do through your good word in Christ's name, amen. Well, I was reminded of a um, story this week as I was thinking of this. Did you guys watch the film with Julia Roberts with Eat, Pray, Love? Anyone watch Eat, Pray, Love? And Julia has it all. I don't even know the name of her character. I'm just going to call her Julia, okay? So Julia um, has this, um, she has it all. She has the things of a career and a house and her marriage and, you know, the picket fence. And she's just thinking, this is right. This is what it's meant to be. We're, this is how um, we have this successful, fulfilled life. Um, but she's not, she's not fulfilled. She's not internally fulfilled at all. Um, and so she goes on this journey of self-discovery, essentially. And I was listening to the author uh, in a podcast about why she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, I really wanted to get to the point where we could portray a woman who is relaxed. <laughs> yes, I saw one person laugh because it's like an oxymoron. Think about how many women you know that are just essentially relaxed. I mean, it is like far, I mean, we are about the business. We are attentive. We are hurried. We are caring for the kiddos. We are five years ahead and two years behind, and we're holding it all together. I mean, we, um, we carry a lot. And I was thinking about how this portrayal of a woman on the journey to being re relaxed, she goes through Italy and she learns food and really it's about sustenance and nourishment and she goes through India where she finds the power of prayer and finally into Bali where she finds her belovedness in true love and essentially she became as the film portrays it a woman full of grace at home within herself 
And I was thinking about that phrase, whether guy, girl, you know, what, don't we seek to just be at home with ourselves, full of grace, full of confidence, um, knowing who we belong to and what we're about, and really at the end of the day, being very authentic and vulnerable with all of who we are. And we crave to be around people who are this way. We crave it when we find someone who is authentic with who they are and who they aren't. And we crave people who will be vulnerable to show us their fears and their insecurities and to open up their heart and say, this is me. One of the hardest things in our world today is to be that kind of person. But this scripture gives us a few keys of how to get there. Verse three, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His power has given us everything we need for life, friends. That's good news. If you are looking for some good news this morning, I think this is good news. It's good news to me. God gives us everything we need to be, to be. And how does he give it to us? Through our knowledge of him and through his very great and precious promises. Mm. Okay, just say that out loud. Precious promises. Precious promises. We, by faith, as those who commit to following Jesus Christ or searching out the way of Jesus in scripture or Christians, as we would call ourselves, somewhere on this spiritual journey to finding our way through Christ, through Christ, we have very great and precious promises that help us be, that help us be. Can you think of any of these promises that scripture has said? One after another. This is where I get excited. Promises that God has lavished his love on us. That's in 1 John. Lavished love. Like think of like a waterfall. He has lavished his love on you. You are loved like big time loved. You are created good. Genesis 1, he looked at us, he, he made everything and it was good, but he looked at man and woman and he said, oh, they are very good. Psalm 139 says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your size, your shape, your status, your position, your academia, your lack of it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. People, when we think about where we're at with the stuff that's gone wrong in our life, with the ways that we've messed up our relationships with others. Yeah, Christ says, I know about that. You can't hide it, actually. It's pretty obvious to me. It's as if this white background was splashed with red paint. Your sins were like scarlet, okay? But you know what I did? I took out the white paint and I rolled it up and they're like snow, so far as the east is from the west, that's how far your sins, your stuff is removed from me when you seek my forgiveness. And guess what? My forgiveness, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Forgiveness is yours. Done. Done. 
What an incredible promise. If you're tired, he gives you rest. If you are feeling like your old self needs to go, he says, that's fine in Christ. You can be a new creation that we can approach him, the throne of grace with confidence in our need to to receive his grace and mercy that we don't have to be anxious because his power is made perfect and strength. What promise of God do you need to believe this morning? They're all throughout the scriptures. Gosh, how often do we just make the checklist? Do more, give more, be more. Versus create a list of the promises that are in Christ that we receive when we be his beloved. When we be his beloved. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it talks about how we are when Christ looks at us. And that's the key because on our own, we're not there. We have to put ourselves under Christ. Okay. Second Corinthians five, if you have it, go there. Second Corinthians five 21. It says, God made him, which is speaking of Jesus. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Now I know that's a lot of God talk right there, but essentially God knew we needed to be more than ourself. So God took Jesus and made him just like us in the flesh so that he could have the experiences of us without the sin. And as we move into Christ, into a life of walking alongside and through Jesus, we receive his covering so that when God looks at us, He sees Jesus's perfection. That's how we become more than ourselves. Yeah, church? It's not on our own strength. It's not checking off the list, okay? It's moving ourselves into Christ and saying, God, when you look at me, I am perfect, but it's because you see all of Christ's goodness. And then in my unique design, I have the freedom to be who you created me to be because you created me on purpose and you created me good. And so we find ourselves centered in Christ, knowing our uniqueness, but resting in our belovedness. And you can't add anything to that. I kind of went on my own eat, pray, love year this last year, but I didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) Kind of happened to me. Um, I had a Fuller Fellowship that um, sent me around the globe to observe the global church and say, how does the global church do this? How did they be the beloved and how did they work it out in their communities? You guys know that people around the world are gathering like this? Do you know that we're part of an ancient and historical and live church all throughout the globe? I just got chills because I can see them in my mind. The Albanians are meeting, the Guatemalans are meeting, the Salvadorians are worshiping. We're part of a bigger thing. And so as I went to study and learn from the global church, which uh, the American church needs to learn from, we 
um, I just, I just soaked in God's goodness at how unique and good people are and how he's at work in the world. And then <clears throat> COVID stuck, like struck. And I, um, the fellowship was like ended fast. Fuller was like, fellowship is over. Get home as fast as you can. But I had rented out my home for the whole year. <laughs> I had no home. I didn't have a place to go. So I was like, oh, I, I had felt like this terror kind of in me because we didn't know what COVID was exactly at that time. And though it has been devastating, I really just saw myself in an Albanian hospital, like, <laughs> like alone. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so at that point, I moved from Guatemala to Albania. I, the weekend before I went to teach my class, all the students went home to all different countries in Europe before the international borders um, shut down because Italy was right across from us and they were one of the hot zones. And so um, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Go home, stay here. And I just felt this like, stay. Like, don't go, just be here. Um, and I asked the director, if anything happens to me, like, care for me? Because <laughs> I don't have anyone else to care for me. So they did. They said, stay here, Beth. And, um, and so I did. And I essentially came to find my own eat, pray, love year in Albania for the next nine months. And I felt tucked away, but there was a crisis in me because I'd been in ministry for 15 years. And as I was talking to my friends and my pastors, they were like, our church is shutting down. Our church, we have to do online. Like people are grieving. They're losing their loved ones. Like, how do we pivot? You know, and everyone's like, how do we pivot? You remember that? It's like, what do we do? How do we live life? You know, and I'm thinking, I have no job. I have no bills. I have no prop. Like, I just don't have anything going on. Like, surely I should be doing something. I should be serving. I should be leading. I should be doing something. And ever so clearly in God's like, you know, powerful way, he was like, I don't need you. I don't need you. And it kind of got me right there because we like to be needed for what we do. And it just became very apparent to me that I had no job title. I had no one sending me a paycheck. I had no permanent address. All I had was the ability to be the beloved. I had no call, no tasks, be the beloved. And I was stripped down to the truth of this. All we need, everything we need for life is to be in God. Can you get there, church? Can we get there? Let's get there, because there's incredible truth to get there. So we become the beloved, and then out of that, we center the right kind of doing, okay? Then we move into the connection. And the way that we do this is the biggest promise of them all which is the Holy Spirit. So in 2 Peter, as it talks about that we can live a godly life through our knowledge of him, through these, he's given us a very great and precious promise. The very best one, I think, is that I am not leaving you as orphans, Jesus says. I'm sending you the advocate. I'm sending you the helper. 
I'm sending you the spirit because as you put yourself in Christ, you're going to need a guide along the way. And that's the advocate because we have an adversary who's always telling you you're not good enough and you need to do more. But the advocate counters that and says, oh, no, this is my beloved. She and he is perfect in Christ. And now they're going to act out of the overflow of that. The overflow, the more than yourself. So the advocate never condemns you with shame, but the advocate will convict you towards more. Okay? The spirit does not say who you are is bad, but it says because you're created good, now live in such a way that it builds up others. Now you want to serve the poor. Now you want to share your money because you already know you're cared for in Christ. Now out of the overflow and abundance of your heart, you live life on fire. And it says this right after that, through these very great promises in them, you may participate in his divine nature. So we're participating. Now it's a, it's a community thing that we live out of. We participate in the divine nature. And out of that faith, add to it goodness. Add to it knowledge. Add to it a little more self-control. It grows. Because it's just natural. It's not forced. It's not the checklist. It's out of the abundance of who we are. Romans 12, 2, it says that our mind is renewed. And out of that renewal, I'm going to read it because it's better when I just read it instead of paraphrase it. 12, 2, it says, don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you're able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good and pleasing and perfect. It just comes out of this renewed nature and we're released to grow in grace we're released to grow in love it's like learning to ride a bike we're pedaling and then the training wheels come off now we're we're being and we just move forward we just move forward in the flow and i think that recenters the way that we operate when I was um, going, you know, this nine months in Albania, uh, it was a total reorientation of my being. It really was because as much as we don't want to say that we're defined by um, our title, I'm a wife, I'm a, a daughter, I'm a mom, I'm an employee of this, like, but when it's taken away, you feel it. We do. It, it, those are things that we anchor I, our identity on. We have to work hard at that. But when God said, I don't need you, <laughs> I don't need you. You just stay in this remote part of the world and just go for a hike, like literally take a hike. <laughs> like every day for nine months, I took a hike, you know, um, and it was awesome. And I learned to delight in the Lord's goodness. And I just learned to to be at home within myself. And then I said, Oh God, I would, I would really love to, I mean, I love hiking, but I would love meaningful work. I would love that. And then it became a gift. I said, Lord, if I ever preach again, it's a gift because you don't need me, but it's out of the overflow of my heart. I love to do this. Can I do this? 
can I work? Can I serve your people? Can I tithe? Can I love on others? Can I advocate for justice in the systems? Can I be an agent for reconciliation in a world that needs it? Yeah, yeah, and do it. Do it with power. So if your life isn't marked by that kind of giving out of an overflow, don't go back to just trying to do more activities. Don't go back and just try to do more. Here's the catch. Remove the checklist and start with the belovedness. Start with the being. Start with the being. And then out of the being, do Go, love, grow, abound in grace, be generous, be loving, be hopeful, be so gracious, be so forgiving, because you just can't help it. Church, we don't need a bunch of people trying to be good, and we don't need a bunch of people trying to do good stuff. I don't think Ryan would say we're trying to be good and we're trying to do good stuff. We don't want a church like that. We want a church to be marked as beloved, believing the very good and great promises of God and then overflowing in love and grace to others. May it be so. Amen.